I wanted to take this quick moment to give you a little background into today's show. This episode became a labor of love. Technical issues were abound, but we were able to work through them. And our special guest author was kind enough to sit down with us again and answer some of our biggest questions. We hope you enjoy this show. So I'm going to let my students take over. Hi, welcome to Amongst the Books, a podcast for kids, by kids, and yes, adults too. My name is Anthony and welcome to episode 7. Middle school is hard enough, but having to make new friends proves to be even harder. Today, we are happy to welcome onto the show Kristen Godsnack, author of Making Friends and Making Friends Back to the Drawing Board, a book series that embraces all of the ups and downs of middle school with a mix of humor and tenderness. So please join our gang as we talk with Kristen about all things middle school. Take it away, gang. Thank you for that introduction, and welcome to the podcast, Kristen Gudsnuck, author of Making Friends. We have plenty of questions for you, so here we go. What was your inspiration? My inspiration for making the book Making Friends was, uh, I was thinking about um, my uh, middle school experience and kind of the things that I liked and didn't like when I was in middle school, and I was like, well, what if I added magic to that? And doing that kind of, um, you know, gave me this whole, like, big idea for what my characters would do or, like, what I would do if I had magic as a seventh grader. In Making Friends Book 2, Back to the Drawing Board, was one the inspiration for the Peaky Ball, the Pokemon Ball? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um when well this is like even nowadays like I have a dog and I'm always like oh I want to like go for a walk with her but then I also want to like go places so I was like I wish I had a pokeball for my dog so bad that like I wrote it into there because I just was thinking about it a lot but also like um when I was in seventh grade like Pokemon and Sailor Moon and like Dragon Ball Z were like all like the hot animes because uh, I guess like Toonami and like Kids WB were like showing them um, and so it was something that when I was a kid like it was <laughs> it was like really important Pokemon was like huge to me when I was like 12 years old um, so I kind of wanted to put that in there as like a reflection of the kind of things that at least because I wanted it to be kind of realistic what, like, a seventh grader would be like. And the only way I can really do that is, like, to reminisce about uh, what I used to, like, really be into. But also, I always really liked the idea of having, um, like, a clubhouse or some, a secret room or whatever. Because I always had to share a room when I was younger with my sister. So I always really wanted my own room. And, like, the, the Peaky Ball is kind of, like, the perfect, like, awesome kids' room. So it was fun to, like, kind of explore what that would be. Unless you're a teacher, you are not wired up. You are wired down. Take out a book and read. Do some homework. 
Talk to a friend. Thank you. A good public service announcement right there, folks. <laughs> How did you come up with your drawing style? Um, I came up with my drawing style by uh, kind of, um, well, looking at things that I liked a lot, like, um, you know, anime, Steven Universe uh, was a big one because I liked how they, uh, you know, simplified character designs, but also, like, had everyone have a really interesting, dynamic look. Because I wanted it to be a little bit simplified because um, it makes it easier to, like, draw faster. And also, like, it, you, your eyes know where to go when there's, like, fewer lines. Like, it's somehow it's easier to, like, look at something that's more simplified than something with like, a lot of details. Um, and, uh, like, Scott Pilgrim is another, like, comic that has sort of a similar aesthetic. Um, so I was kind of thinking about those, but also just how, how my art naturally comes out sort of through that lens is how I came up with that style. But, like, a huge part of me coming up with it was figuring out something that I thought looked nice, but also that I could draw relatively fast and not have to, like, agonize over every drawing because I was like, oh, they're they're more cartoony. Like, if I was drawing, like, really realistically, it's, you know, it takes just, like, more time. So that was part of the consideration. Can you relate relate your life to what you wrote in Making Friends? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, when I was in seventh grade, it was like um, kind of a hard. Well, I don't know how your school system is, but for us, it was like after sixth grade, you go into a middle school. Um, I know some classes or whatever have it happen at different years, but for us, that's what was going on. And like in the book, uh, all my friends from none of my friends from elementary school were in any of my classes. And so I was around all these kids who I didn't know. And a lot of them knew each other because they had gone to the same elementary school. And so I felt very, uh, it was a, it was kind of difficult, like relearning how to fit in after spending my entire like childhood in, with a group of people who I like. I definitely like I felt more comfortable around, so um, I put that into there into the story definitely because you know any of those years where like there's a big change. It can be really, like, awkward or hard to get through. But also, it's, like, really memorable. So, like, for me, that's, like, seventh grade, then ninth grade for high school, and then freshman year of college. All of those years were, like, they're very vivid in my mind because there were so many things changing and going on that, in some ways, it was helpful setting it in seventh grade because like I remember that year weirdly like super vivid probably because it was <laughs> traumatic <laughs> um, if, if you had a magic sketchbook like how Danny did but in seventh grade would you make the same choices she did um I don't know it's kind of hard to say uh oh no I know exactly what I would have done because when I was in seventh grade, I was, I was, I spent a lot of time 
oh my gosh, yeah, I totally would have done it because I spent a lot of time designing characters, including friends and um, boyfriends and boyfriends who were evil princes. So like it was very, very similar. But my evil prince was named Aiden and he was he was the prince of an evil kingdom. But they weren't actually the good guy kingdom was secretly the evil kingdom and the evil kingdom was also evil. It was confusing, but this is why I wrote a lot of stories when I was in when I was younger. I wrote a lot of stories about these these uh, warring kingdoms that I had invented. So yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely, I don't know if I would have brought them to life because that takes uh, some, uh, you know some gall uh (laughs) but i i think that that was on my mind is like making an evil prince and a best friend and also like money and probably honestly like the the i called it a peaky ball because i didn't want to be sued but like a pokeball (laughs) those those would definitely be the three things i would make and yeah i would totally clone myself because see in clone narratives you always see someone who like has a big fight with their clone and they're clone uh is like bad or something but i'm like you know yourself like you know yourself better than anyone else so wouldn't you and your clone get along really well and i was like oh that doesn't make a very dramatic story (laughs) but i know if if i had a clone we would really be on the same page about like things and we we would we would rock right (laughs) i wish i had one you would want to try to keep things like so that no one can really tell that it's your clone as opposed to you like, yeah, exactly. I, I never understood that why one always had to be like the evil twin in a sense. Like, why do they have to be so bad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, in this case, see, it's it's like there's one thing that you would do if you were like in charge of how the world works. But then in terms of story, you need some sort of conflict. And also, if you ha- I was running into this problem when I was working on book two because I was like, if it's literally two copies of the same person, it's like it becomes kind of an echo chamber. So I decided to have Danny make her clone like a little bit more confident than herself because, first of all, it would give a contrast between the two, right. and would like let. But it, it, she wasn't so different that like she was like a totally different person. She was like a version of herself. So I thought that was a way to get around that, that problem of having like, oh, all the characters are the same character, you know? Right, right. But it's hard. It's actually weirdly hard to write a clone plot, which I <laughs> didn't didn't realize until I was like halfway through the book. <laughs> so what types of books did you enjoy um, growing up? Um, when I was a kid, I was, oh my gosh, I really loved to read a lot. I didn't read that many comics because back in my day, we didn't really have as many comics like that were okay for kids. Well, I also really loved Animorphs, uh, which I don't know if that's still a thing, but um, it's like about these kids who can like turn into animals to like fight an alien invasion. And there's like, 50 books and they're so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, when I was, like, a teenager, my, I have a little brother, and I just, like, bought all the books on eBay and, like, read them to him, because I was like, oh, you need to read more, and I was like, I also, I want to read Animorphs, but now I'm too old, so here's a good reason. I love, like, Narnia, um, Harry Potter, 
there, this author, Tamora Pierce, she does like yeah. fantasy stuff. Her stuff is so good. And she has a book called Wild Magic about a girl who can like talk to animals. It's fantastic. Um, all sorts of stuff. I'm probably leaving some stuff out. Uh, in terms of like manga and stuff, I really loved Inuyasha so much. Um, and like Sailor Moon and stuff like that. <laughs> But I would just basically read anything. With the other characters in your book, Making Friends, what inspired you to create them? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, well, if you guys like to write or want to make comics or whatever, I find it's a, a good way to kind of approach uh, characters who aren't like based on you uh, is to think about your friends and family and people who you know and kind of I usually like put people in like a blender where I'm like oh this person's kind of like so-and-so meets so-and-so or like this is like this girl I was friends with when I was in seventh grade but plus also this uh family member of mine you know because I don't I want to make them their own thing but I kind of like take try to take my understanding of the people who I know in real life and, like, you know how, like, in your head you can kind of think about how, like, your mom would react to you saying something versus, like, your best friend, how they would react? Yeah. You use that, that like, knowledge to, like, sort of make sure that your characters act different and also that they act sort of consistently. So, like, if you have, like, a little grounding thing where you're like, well, they have the moral code of my uh, big sister. Um then you kind of you have a good like starting place to make sure that your character feels like a person so i usually i i take bits and pieces from people that i know but also i fake it i also make things up a lot well you got it right yeah <laughs> so that you don't offend them <laughs> how long does it take you how long did it take you to write these books um yeah, I it's it depends. I'm actually really fast at writing. Um, so the writing part, I usually do it in a week or two weeks or something. And then I take a break from it and I revise it a bunch. Um, you know, I keep just reading over it and just being like f finding anything that bothers me and, and trying to fix it, seeing if something doesn't make sense or whatever i just check through it a bunch so yeah that's actually the fastest part is the writing part although before i write there's like this um there's like a period of me um figuring out what's going to happen which is a form of writing like you know you're plotting it out in your head you're figuring out what happens next what what goes wrong for your characters and stuff like that and so that actually that part takes a long time but it, it's so it's like on the back burner and, and like the back of your head like you know when you're taking a shower you just start kind of thinking about your characters or whatever so that's like a couple of months usually so it, it's I guess it's a mix between that yeah um who's your favorite sailor scout from sailor moon and which is your favorite pokemon <laughs> oh man um it's it's hard so when i was younger i really like sailor v sailor venus 
I think it's because she was famous and she had glasses. Um, like, I love that she was, like, the one Sailor Scout that the rest of the world knew about. And, like, she had her own video game and stuff. And she had her own cat. But then I... Ah, it's so hard. Because then I rewatched it and I was like, oh, I love... Sailor Moon herself is just, like, the best character. She's so funny, and and she's... I relate to her a lot. And then also, Sailor Jupiter is, is just fantastic. Oh, and Sailor Uranus. <laughs> These are, like, my top four. But then I, I love all of them. They're honestly, like, the best characters ever. Like, I... I adore all of them because Sailor Mars is like really fun and the only one I'm not crazy about I think is like Sailor Mercury which is everyone likes her but I was like oh okay I get it she's smart I want more I want I don't know (laughs) yeah I don't think you're a fan of Sailor Moon at all based on that I I think (laughs) I really don't think you are (laughs) so what is your writing and drawing process um, usually I, um, have like these, <laughs> I have them right here because I was writing something else like, <laughs> like a few days ago. I usually write out, uh, just general ideas on note cards and I like sort of flip through them and put them in order and kind of any like little random idea I have where I don't know where it would go. I just write it down, see if it fits in. If it doesn't, I just take it out of the stack. And then I use that as an outline, kind of type it all up into, like, you know, paragraphs. And from that point on, I use that sort of more complicated outline. I have, like, you know, the plot figured out. And then I figure out, like, the dialogue and, like, the other stuff and, like, the actual writing part where you're, like, in the characters' heads and stuff. So that's usually how I write. And then basically I have a finished script that I'm mostly happy with. I might have a couple things that I know I'm going to change or, and I do change things when I'm drawing, like I'll think of little things. So it's not like it doesn't change at all from there, but I try to keep to the script more or less just for my own sanity. Um, And I do layouts, which are like really quick, like, sketches of each page kind of like little stick figures and stuff like that um and i i tidy that up and i ink it and uh, this is <laughs> here's a page i'm working on right now you can see like this this part is done and then this part isn't Very so cool. I, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh trying to like finish before christmas <laughs> <laughs> you, you have four like i think four or five days you got it yeah. <laughs> I know, but I have, like, five pages to left to draw. I guess that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and then I, like, I so I, I like to ink it traditionally using, like, pens and, like, you know, brushes and stuff like that. Uh, and then I scan it. I bring it into the computer. I fix it up because even as a professional artist, you still make tons of mistakes at least I do. Like where I'm like, oh, this character, this head is perfect, but it's so way too big for the rest of their body. <laughs> so I just have to like Photoshop it and shrink it. I do that so frequently. Um, <laughs> so like that's kind of 
then I, I color it and then that's that's basically my process i just do that over and over again until i'm done with the book which takes quite a while <laughs> what's your favorite cartoon from childhood <sighs> that's so hard okay well when i was a kid lion king was like my favorite thing in the world and actually so um i don't mean i don't know if this was because i was like a a burgeoning anime nerd and they they stole the plot from kimba the white lion but uh (laughs) they did (laughs) look it up no um so like lion king was just my my thing when i was little and um I remember the summer that it came out. We saw it in theaters like three times. And then a f- family friend went to New York City and came back with a bootleg VHS <laughs> of The Lion King. Like, it was of a, from a theater. Like, you could see people's, like, the back of people's heads. I uh, and those. We just watched it, like, constantly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was a huge one for me. Then uh, I also, like, I really loved all the Nicktoons when I was little, like Doug and Rugrats, um, stuff like that. Uh, I don't even know if you kids know that stuff. Although, like, the 90s are back, so you you might. And I loved Invader Zim was one that I really loved. Uh, Like I said, like, five times, Sailor Moon was a a bit of a big deal to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would tape I would tape that also like because I sometimes I would have to miss it because it was right after school so if I was like staying at school later so I would have just like my VCR going all day so that I could record just like half an hour of Sailor Moon um there was there were a lot I'm probably leaving some out but basically anything that was a cartoon in the 90s I watched I didn't necessarily like it, but I watched it all. (laughs) Are you still a big anime fan now? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, Although I don't have as much spare time now because of all the stuff I have to do. But I, I do watch, I watch like Mob Psycho, which is really good. And, um, my hero academia and i read a lot of manga on the the shonen jump app which i have it's just like you pay like two dollars a month or something and you can read like all their manga um yeah no i i i still love it although yeah not not with the intense fervor of my youth but i think that was just my hormones make me just go crazy about everything (laughs) So, do you recommend any, um, maybe, like, uh, outliners, like, for your um, art, like, for young artists, like me? Because I use Micron and Plumchester. Like, which ones do you use? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you you guys are, like, uh, up-and-coming artists, too. Uh, I... I use microns. My desk is, like, littered with them right now. <laughs> I have so many microns. I, I have actually, I think, I think Amazon like automatically orders like 10 microns every like three months for me and mails them to me. And I was like, why do I keep getting these? And I was like, I must have done this at some point. Um, there's this pen called Tombow Fudonosuke, and here's one of them. 
it's really great. <laughs> I don't think that this is really going to show it to you. But it, it basically has like a brush tip. Um, this is not going to lend well to the, the audio part. But like That's this okay. is kind of what the packaging looks like. Um, it's Tombow Funonosuke brush pens. There's a blue one and a green one. And the blue one is a little thinner. And the green one's thicker. It has like a more bendy tip. It, the, the tip of the it like looks like a normal pen but like the tip kind of bends so you get a good line variation i use this to do so many of my comics so usually i'll use these kind of brush pens or an actual brush if i really want to go really dramatic with the line width for like foreground or characters and then i'll use microns for backgrounds so that the characters pop to the front you know because they have a thicker line and then the background will recede but also, if the character's really tiny, I'll just use a micron. So I, I use these for, like, detail. And then I use these brush pens for sort of, you know, nice, bold lines. When did you realize that you were such a good drawer? <laughs> well, thank you. I don't know. I don't... Just now. No. <laughs> um... <laughs> I never was like that particularly great at drawing when I was younger. I just really liked it. So I found it fun to draw. I wasn't, I wasn't super concerned with like being the best or whatever. I just, I just found a certain catharsis or whatever for making art. So I just kept doing it. And it, it, all it is is practice because once you practice something a lot, no matter what it is, as long as you're practicing it, in a way that is kind of challenging. So like if you are practicing just drawing a smiley face over and over again, you're not going to get better. Like you'll be able to draw a really great smiley face, but you won't get better. But if you learn how to do that smiley face really well, and then you start drawing a little bit more complicated things, you keep pushing yourself to do things more complicated uh, looking or whatever. Um, you'll just uh, sort of naturally improve and you know, it, like, yeah, it's it's 95% just practice and sticking with things. And I'd say that if you, it seems like a lot of you kids really like to draw, which yeah. makes me happy. Um, if you do like to draw, just focus on drawing the things that you like and have fun doing it because the great thing, I mean, art is really fun to do, you know, like, so if you're drawing something that makes you happy to draw it, it doesn't even feel like you're doing work. And then you look up and you're like, oh my gosh, I've spent like X amount of time drawing this stuff. Um, and like, you don't even realize that, that you're working because you're enjoying yourself. And that's a great thing to like do because it just makes it all go faster and makes it more fun. It makes you like associate art with like having fun. So I think it's important to draw what you like. Are you also a Marvel and DC fan? Because I see the Batman on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are actually my boy my boyfriend's. Well, my shelf is like blocked by my head, but I am. <laughs> okay. Yes, he has he has a, an enormous library of comics. We make a good power couple because he, um, if I'm ever like, oh, I need a reference for this kind of thing, or like, I want a recommendation, he just like, it's like that Beauty and the Beast moment where he's like, here's my library. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, um, 
I definitely, when I was growing up, I, I didn't really like that stuff. Um, because at the time, I don't know, comics wasn't, didn't seem very, like, it didn't seem for me in the way that, like, manga did, but, like, as an adult, I definitely have really enjoyed a lot of, uh, DC and Marvel comics, but also, like, the movies, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I watch every, every superhero movie that comes out, um, yeah, no, they're good stuff. I have a random question. What is your zodiac sign? Oh, yeah, I am a cancer. Okay. Um, so what would you say um, is your favorite part of the writing process and drawing process? Um, let's see. For writing, I really like it. I like the whole thing more or less I don't like it when I have to come up with the whole with the, the beginning like that's kind of scary because you're like I don't know what to do and it's a little overwhelming but once you kind of have decided on a couple things and you're on a roll I guess that's my favorite part is when I'm on a roll and things are coming easily it's just really fun and when things aren't coming easily it's my least favorite part <laughs> but you just got to get through that to get to the parts where you know you you hit your groove or whatever and for art, um, so like I was saying before, there's a process, the part of the process where you draw little like stick figure versions of your characters and stuff, and it's called layouts. And it's funny because it's the least like artistically, it doesn't use as much of your actual like hand-eye coordination in terms of drawing stuff. But I find that part to be so mentally tiring because you have to like keep in mind like, oh, how are these little pictures going to like interact with each other? You know what I mean? Like each panel and stuff. And I find that part, it's fun, but it, it makes me really, really tired really fast. Like my brain gets tired. Um, and the inking part, which is like, I have all the drawing basically done and I'm just going over it with like my pens and like my inks. That's my favorite part, especially because recently I started listening to audiobooks while I ink and it's really fun because <laughs> you get it's like you get to read and you're drawing yeah i i love doing audio listening to audiobooks because i'm able to do with like something else while i'm still getting my my reading time in in a sense so i love it yeah i listened to like over 60 books this year yeah i know more technical issues hit us Due to an unexpected weather alert on our phones, our feed got cut off. But we were able to get back up online and finish the interview. So here we are without any more delays. We hope you enjoy. With your coloring in the background, do you get someone else to do it or do you do it yourself? Um, when I started out, I was doing it all myself. Um... And I mainly do it myself, but currently what I do is I basically, I have a black and white page and I send it out to a freelancer called a flatter and they fill in, they just basically color everything in the lines, but they color everything in mostly in the wrong colors, like in really bright, like crazy colors so that I uh, can, you know, make sure to change things um, so that basically I can just drag and drop the correct colors in and I don't have to like painstakingly 
you know, color everything in perfectly myself. So I do have freelancers who assist me in that part, but I still do figure out the color schemes and I finalize the the pictures because when I get them, they look like just rainbows of just colors that are not correct for what the scene is supposed to be. Um, But it's really helpful and it saves me some time. So I definitely do that. That's something that like pro comic people do a lot. Right. All right, we have our one final one. Are you coming out with anything soon? I do have some new stuff um, on the horizon uh, for next year. But as far as I know, I was told not to talk about it until they tell me I can. So I can't say. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have some cool new stuff coming out um, that y'all should definitely keep an eye out for. Uh, yeah, I'm working on like four different things right now. So, <laughs> what, what if we promise we won't share it with anybody? Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm doing. <laughs> wait for real? No, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> um, okay, so I I personally want to say thank you so much for number one um, sitting down with us again. Um, this was a treat yet again. Um, <laughs> Technical difficulties abound. We made it work this time. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, I know my students here are all my budding artists right here, that this was a thrill for them. Um, And we really do. We look forward to all of your future work because we are big fans of your stuff. Oh, thank you so much. And best of luck to all of you. Keep it up with your art and make comics. And uh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. Have a wonderful holiday. You too. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to today's episode. A very special thanks to Kristen Gutznuck for joining us today and letting us learn about your process and inspiration. To learn more about Kristen, the Making Friends series, and her other works, visit www.kristengudsnuck.com. Follow her on Twitter at henchgirl underscore comics. Today's episode was produced by Miss S in the school's library. Thank you for all our wonderful hosts today. You could follow Amongst the Books on Twitter at AmongstheBooks underscore podcast and on Instagram at AmongstheBooksPodcast. Our theme music was written, performed, and recorded by Jake Thistle. You could follow Jake at www.jakethistle. That's J-A-K-E-T-H-I-S-T-L-E dot com. You could find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and rate us, and be sure to share us with all of your friends. My name is Anthony. Thanks for listening. You will be hearing from us soon.